You are listening to the Food Means Business Podcast, which features the personal stories and secret ingredients behind what it's like to abandon your day job to start a CPG food and beverage business. I'm Janaba Johnson-Jones, former marketing executive turned entrepreneur and founder of food business incubator Hudson Kitchen. Join our community of fellow food business owners and subject matter experts to learn and laugh with us as we explore a startup world that's a little more culinary and a lot less corporate these days. Hi, Christina. Welcome to the Food Means Business Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a big fan and I'm excited to be here. Oh, good. We did all a ton of research on you, so I can't wait for you to share your story with our listeners. So first, let's start with your corporate to entrepreneur story. We'd love to hear how you made the transition. Yeah, I had been on the ad agency side of things for over a decade, and I made the scary leap to start a business with my sister. And eventually, you know, pretty quickly after that, my husband got on board. At the time, I was learning a lot about our broken food system, about Americans' relationship with food or, or kind of lack thereof, lack of connection to where ingredients come from, lack of connection to just, you know, enjoying the taste of real ingredients. And at the same time, I had been a plant-based milk drinker for like a really long time. And my grandmother used to make oat milk using real organic ingredients that you could recognize, like vanilla extract and sea salt. And I just had this gut feeling that there were a lot of people out there like me who were looking for a plant-based milk that was actually made of plants and was truly you know, healthy and sustainable and also tasted really, really good. It was a super scary leap of faith. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine having taken my own leap. I know how crazy that is. It's such a crazy feeling, but such a great feeling to actually create something from scratch and so nice that you could honor your grandmother in that way. I have to ask you, what's it like working with your sister and your husband? (laughs) (laughs) There's definitely some major pros. So we really trust each other. And equally, we're really fortunate to kind of all come to the table with really different skill sets. Growing up, Elena was really good at math and she was really into chemistry And I really enjoyed the humanities. And I was kind of like, how did this happen? (laughs) We're so different. And now with me having a marketing background, she's a chemical engineer. And then Rusty's got a background in entrepreneurship and freelance work and sales. It just feels like such a a fortunate thing that happened that we all come to the table with really unique skill sets. And we have a lot of trust in each other. We had to learn a lot about working together and setting aside any grudges from our childhood. We all see therapists sometimes together, which I very <laughs> strongly recommend. I love that. <laughs> I, I see a therapist as well every Thursday at 11. That's where I am. And it has been amazing kind of to help me with the growth of myself within the business. So that's fantastic. So I love that you guys go together also. That's great. <laughs> It's almost like a proactive thing, right? It's like work through those issues because as an entrepreneur, especially as a CPG entrepreneur, every single day there's a fire and a stressful situation. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so what about you and your husband? Like, do you say, okay, it's five o'clock now. We're not talking about work anymore and we're kind of moving into personal time. Is that how it works? I wish it was five (laughs) (laughs) o'clock. I know. (laughs) That's like a life goal, maybe someday. But we do, we really do try to set boundaries. You know, at dinner time, one of us will often be like, okay, I have like three work things to talk about and then we can call a boundary. And yeah, it's not easy, especially in the early days of the business when, you know, you don't have a lot of resources, you don't have a big team, you don't. So sometimes it's just like, you just have to constantly try to navigate 
making sure that you are setting aside time for each other. And same thing with my sister and I, you know, if we're only talking about business stuff all the time, like that affects our relationship. We're better at working together when we also hang out together as sisters and friends. Yeah, it's just, we haven't figured out the perfect formula, but it's just always trying to make time for each other as well. I'm not sure there is a perfect formula. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me feel better. (laughs) So let's talk about your grandmother for a second. So she seemed to be a really big influence in your life. And I'd read that she made this oat milk for the family. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about her and about the product that she created and that you've brought out into the world. She was a huge influence in our lives. And I think actually many, many people's lives who, who she touched. She was just a real force. We often talk about how she was real honest and uncompromising, just like Willis. But she was also incredibly warm and kind and had this brilliant idea when her kids and grandkids were having stomach or couldn't digest dairy to make oat milk. And she was always interested in food and often said that if she had gone back, you know, and been able to have had a career, she would have become a chef. And so it feels really amazing to be able to honor her in this way. And it also creates this really amazing sort of lighthouse for us. You know, we say everything we do has to live up to our grandmother's name. So we want to create the healthiest and most sustainable products, but they also have to taste the best, (laughs) you know? And so every decision we make about sourcing or whether to use an ingredient or whether to use organic ingredients or not, all of those things are really making sure that they live up to our values and her name. Yeah, that's really great. I haven't tasted the product yet and I can't wait to order it. I was showing my husband last night because he's vegan. And so I was like, okay, it's oat milk because he was trying, he makes his own sometimes, oh, for which him. has that's been awesome. really interesting. <laughs> I was like, they have chocolate. <laughs> so you definitely have I'm to not try gonna, that. So we're going. I'm not going to lie. That one's my favorite. It's so good. And it took a lot of testing to get it right because cacao can be really bitter, but we didn't want it to be a sugar bomb. So finding that balance took a while. <laughs> So you came from the ad agency side to talk about how were you able to commercialize the product? I mean, you really didn't have experience in the food industry when you started, as do a lot of the people that we speak to on the podcast. I'm just curious as to what your story is and kind of getting yourself up and running. Yeah, I think any founder who's got, you know, like a career where you go to work and you feel like you know what you're doing and then starting a business is is kind of a rude awakening because every day there's a million things you could be spending your time on and there's a million things you've never done before, whether it's like figuring out the FDA rules around packaging or incorporating. And I just started reaching out to my whole network and asking everyone I knew who they knew who was a founder of a company, even if it was a tech company, and just started getting intros and meeting fellow founders in the food and beverage space. And I got a lot of really helpful advice about the pitfalls to avoid, which I think in CPG are more important than the advice of what to do. The advice of what not to do is almost more important. And so, yeah, we started by just doing a ton of market research and consumer testing. You know, we had my grandmother's recipe, but my sister Ellen and my mom did literally hundreds of versions of that to make sure that we had just nailed it and it worked really well with coffee. And I think that's super, super important. Like the more research you can do in scrappy ways with your friends and family, blind taste tests, which are really putting yourself out there in a way because you're like, here's all of our competitors and then here's our recipe. And nobody knows which one is which, but it's better to learn that stuff through research than when it's sitting on the shelf and not moving. So yeah, Absolutely. I did a ton of research. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So you started the company and then you had a personal setback. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, 2020 was just, I felt like I was getting blindsided by one thing after another. In January of 2020, I was 36 and I 
did a self-exam and discovered a lump. And then I essentially got my first mammogram ever and my whole world just kind of came crashing down. I learned I had early stage breast cancer, was so grateful that we caught it early and I'm now cancer free. And thankfully I was able to work full-time through chemo and radiation and lumpectomy surgery. So I feel really grateful for that, but it definitely put a lot in perspective. And it was also during the pandemic. So it was an extremely lonely, scary, scary time. And we had also been spending the whole year before that getting ready for a launch in offices, co-working spaces and coffee shops. It was sort of like, okay, how many shoes are going to drop here? You know what I mean? (laughs) It was like one thing after another. But I also feel like that year taught me more about myself than any time in my life. And it really helped me realize that there are no dress rehearsals in life and this is it. And I want to leave a really positive impact on people and the planet. And looking back, it's sort of like in some ways it's surprising that I didn't want to just like give up in the midst of all that, but it actually fueled me more and made me want to do it that much more and also really validated our feelings around using really clean ingredients, using organic, creating the healthiest and most sustainable options we can and just continuously improving on that and really doubling down on, on on our values. I love that it helped you gain some perspective and really prioritize and focus. That's fantastic. So, and I'm hoping that you're doing much better. Yes. Uh, yeah, I have hair. <laughs> like, that's huge. <laughs> no, I'm doing great. Thanks. Good. And I'm glad to hear. And what advice would you give to someone that has a personal setback? Because like life is going to happen in the middle of your business. Like your personal life is not going to be perfect because you know, like your business has all its ups and downs. Your personal life will have those ups and downs as well. So anything that you can share to give some insight into how you were able to deal with it? Yeah. When I was diagnosed, I was kind of feeling powerless because all of a sudden all these things are happening to you. You're getting all these tests and they're just rushing you into these different medical treatments that you don't even have time to kind of research and understand. And I felt like I needed to have some agency in my own treatment plan. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to start taking time every day to do the things that will make me feel good, whether it's meditating or journaling or working out or taking the time to cook like a really delicious plant-based meal for myself or trying a new recipe. And then I realized, oh my gosh, I'm only giving myself permission to do all these things that make me feel good and help me get through these really difficult times because I'm going through cancer treatment. And I was like, that's so messed up. (laughs) It really is. Like you should be doing those things anyway, right? Right. And as an entrepreneur, it's so hard what you're doing. Like you don't quite realize how hard it's going to be until you're in it. And you need to take care of yourself so that you can be there for the brand, for your team, for your family, for yourself, because you know, it's really hard to see the forest through the trees if you're not and even just make wise decisions through whatever comes your way. So I try to really advocate, especially for entrepreneurs, because I feel like we get a lot of messaging around, you know, needing to drive ourselves into the ground to be successful. Yes. And I think it's the opposite. You have to take extra good care of yourself because this path is is so hard. You're definitely correct. It's something that I'm learning because I think I'm a business all the time, like constantly. And it's like taking the time out to actually do something. So I get up early and work out so that I can start my day on a good foot. So yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. If I don't work out, I'm going to like die of anxiety. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's a form of therapy, I have to say. I think so. So I was surprised that your product was shelf stable. So I was like, oh, they have four ingredients. So that's fantastic. So it's like really healthy, no waste that I read. And so how is that possible that it's a shelf-stable product? Yeah. So when we 
When we started this brand, we had so many questions about the category. I mean, the plant-based food category is enormous, but a third of it is plant-based milk and it's the fastest growing part. And so there are all these new options out there, which is wonderful, but so many of them seem to have forgotten why these products exist in the first place, which is you have healthier, more sustainable, more environmentally conscious alternatives. And we kind of just started talking to everyone in the industry to understand what was going on. We noticed, you know, a lot of nut milks didn't have a lot of nuts in them. And in the case of oat milk, there was so much sugar and none of the benefits of the oat were present on the nutrition label. And what we found was that's because oat milk is usually made without sugar and the healthy parts of the oat are, are discarded as food waste, which is a cause of methane and greenhouse gases. So we figured out how to use the whole entire oat and doing that, essentially meant redesigning the whole way that oat milk and plant-based milk is made. It gives it this really rich taste. It makes it zero food waste. And it's also very hard to do. <laughs> and I think with that, if you want to create something different from what everyone else in your category or in this industry is doing, you're going to have to kind of go into it with a lot of curiosity and openness to learning and also a lot of patience and openness to testing. Because we had folks tell us, oh, if you want to do this, you're not going to be able to use shelf-stable packaging. You can't use your grandmother's recipe with oats, vanilla, water, and sea salt and have it work in, in a shelf-stable carton. And, and we thought, well, has anyone tried it? <laughs> And so I think it's going into it with both lots of questions and lots of curiosity and also openness and patience because testing and learning takes time. But at the end of the day, yeah, the packaging technology creates a vacuum seal. So we don't have to add any artificials or preservatives. Our unsweetened original is essentially my grandma's recipe and uses the whole out. And then our dark chocolate is super clean as well. And, you know, it's the opportunity you have as an entrepreneur to ask the questions that everyone else is afraid to ask. And so you kind of have to be willing to also have the patience to reinvent the wheel and, and rewrite the rules as you go. I love that because like you have people telling you you can't do something and you're like, no, I'm going to figure out a way. And that's what we do as entrepreneurs. We figure out a way. That's so, right. That's fantastic. <laughs> So let's talk about Big Oat or like your big competition, because there's a lot of big players now in the market, you know, as plant-based milks get popular. How do you deal with the competition and how do you set yourself apart and differentiate yourself from them? It's really sticking to our values and the reason we set out to do this in the first place. As a marketer, I knew what I was up against. I could see that these other brands had I mean, we're not even like a, we're like a teeny as abysmal fraction of the, the size that they are in terms of resources and marketing budget. But I think that what we entrepreneurs bring is just maybe a closeness to the consumer and more of an interest in what people are actually looking for versus just what's easy and profitable. And you can still create a really honest company that is profitable and has values in the right place. But, you know, in our category, there are a lot of copycats and a lot of folks that are kind of doing a lot of the marketing for us, getting awareness out around oat milk and plant-based milks in general. And we're really grateful for that. We're happy to come in and offer something that we think many people like us are looking for. 60% of plant-based milk drinkers are health conscious and also and one that tastes really, really good too. And if your product speaks for itself, I think that's half of it. You don't need as much marketing if you've got a really good tasting product that is delivering on what people are looking for. It's true because your audience, your customer will tell their friends 
and tell the world how great your product is. So it's true. Look at that word of mouth is mm-hmm. really important. You're right. It all goes back to a great tasting product. So <laughs> let's talk about your experience in business. So you came from the ad agency. Like I would say that my corporate experience has informed how I run my business and the way I've created my business. And I'd love to hear about how your corporate experience has helped inform yours. Working on the agency side was an excellent training ground because it's a super, you know, you tend to work in on a team with really collaborative folks who are coming from all different kind of backgrounds and skill sets. And it's very fast paced. I think that that has been a big piece. We have a small but mighty team. We're super collaborative. At the same time, I really wanted to create the kind of company that I would want to work for. And so we can't offer the biggest salaries ever, right? We can't offer a huge office with all the amenities, but we can offer flexibility. We can offer you know, openness and honesty and kindness and new opportunities to learn and grow. And so I really, really want to create the kind of company that, that I would want to work for and that, that our team would want to work for. And I think, yeah, you kind of take your background and you take the pieces that were really wonderful about it. And then you take the other pieces and you're like, how can we improve upon this now that I've got the opportunity to do that? I love that because I, I was even thinking just around hiring and salaries, like you have an opportunity for pay equality because it's your own business and you control what's going on. So maybe it's not the biggest salary, but you know that it's equal across the board for your employees. I think that's great. Can you talk a little bit about employees? I know it's your sister and your husband, but you have other team members that you're working with now? Yeah. So we have Laura on our team, who's also an engineer. And Elena and Laura are the ones that are the brains behind figuring out how to use the whole out, figuring out how to use cleaner ingredients. They're amazing and experts in a multitude of ways in this industry. And then Elena, Rusty, and I, none of us are very good at logistics. So one of the first things we did was we hired this woman, Terry, who is amazing. She's like the most organized person I've ever met in my life. And she's just like, awesome ability to learn and total can-do attitude. And she manages our supply chain and logistics, which as we've seen the last couple of years has been critical. I mean, it's make or break for CPG. And then we have a really great intern program and we pair interns and we give them tons of room to bring up ideas. And we give them so much in terms of bandwidth that beyond what I would have had as an intern (laughs) or I did have as an intern. And that's been really, really fun to see just like them grow and create such amazing contributions to the brand and our content. And then we have lots of partners and contractors and amazing advisors who are fellow founders that have helped us learn about all the pieces that we didn't know going into this. Can you talk about your intern program? Just because I think about hiring interns, but I kind of a little bit nervous about it because I feel like I want them to have a really good experience and like to be able to spend a lot of time with them. So I'm just curious as to how you guys handle it. Yeah, that's super challenging. I mean, I generally tell them upfront, I might only have one meeting a week with you and I wish it could be more. And every time I can like get together for a coffee or if you want to reach out to me, I'm always available via text or phone calls. It's really tough. As a founder, you're sort of having to be ruthless with your time and you also want to be there for your team. So what I try to do is give really clear guardrails for what the expectations are and also give springboards so that they know where there's room for them to come up with ideas and where we're trying to solve problems that they could help contribute to the ideas and solutions to. And then I make sure that they're super connected to the rest of the team so that 
if I'm in wall-to-wall meetings from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., there are other people that they can reach out to for help or to brainstorm with. So that's how we handle it. It's not perfect, but <laughs> I think <laughs> but I think it's that or we don't have an intern program and I'd, I'd rather have an there intern program. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. So let's talk about marketing. So I read that you have a pretty lean marketing budget. So I'd love for you to talk through how you market the business. Yeah, I mean, going into Willa's, we invested a lot of our own money and our savings and we fundraised with angels, but we haven't raised a ton of money. And turns out redesigning the way oat milk is made is quite a big endeavor. (laughs) (laughs) So a lot of our funds that we raised really went into R&D and and have continued to. And so we had to get really, really smart and scrappy with the marketing budget that we had. One piece was making sure that, okay, if you have to design packaging, you might as well design packaging that's going to work really hard and stand out at shelf. And that was something that I prioritized. We worked with a designer named Anshali who did a beautiful job. And then I think- It really is gorgeous, by the way. Like It's wonderful. Thank you. Thanks so much. (laughs) That was a big bet for us in the early days. and, And I think it was very much worth it. The note of big bets, we try to do really small tests. So if it's a promotion in store or if it's some kind of sponsorship or if it's a partnership, we try to do small tests and try to learn as much as possible from them before spending more on them. I think it's really easy as a CPG founder to be told by investors, oh, you should be coming up with all these different SKUs and you should be you know, spending money here and there. And you constantly have to kind of go back to what's like, the bare minimum that I need to do to see if something's going to be successful and then spend more on it. And so that's been a big piece. And also just, yeah, we have tons of ideas on our team about new products, but every time you launch a new product, you're spreading everything thinner. So a lot of those are kind of waiting for the right opportunity to come along. Thank you. So we have what I call the money bell at Hudson Kitchen and it's in our lobby and we bring it when we want to celebrate something. So I'd love to know like what you're celebrating right now. Willa's Dark Chocolate Oat Milk just won a good food award out of 2000 products, which is a huge honor. We're super excited. It was the only plant-based milk to be a finalist and it was a real labor of love. We wanted to create a chocolate milk that you could actually feel good about drinking and Chocolate milk kind of represents the worst of this industry. It's like the highest sugar content and cacao represents the worst of humanity. I mean, it's just, the cacao trade is associated with child slave labor, human trafficking. It's awful. So we're really excited because we partnered with Rocka Chocolate, which is a Brooklyn-based chocolate company, and they source this beautiful single-origin Peruvian cacao from these indigenous farmer cooperatives. They have really direct relationships with them, and it's this really nutty flavor that we combine with maple sugar. And it took a long time to get the taste just right, but we're really excited to to have received this honor. And then we've got some big retail launches happening in the fall, which I'm too superstitious to talk about just yet, but um, <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> well, congratulations. That's great. I can't wait to hear about those. So definitely following you on the socials to find out what's going on. So that's great. Amazing. So Christina, please let everyone know where they can find out all about you and Willa's Oat Milk. Check out willaskitchen.com. That's W-I-L-L-A-S-K-I-T-C-H-E-N.com. And if you make any purchases there, definitely use the Hudson Kitchen 
promo code Hudson Kitchen for 30% off. And then Willis is also available on Amazon and lots of retailers like Union Market and Erewhon and Foxtrot and more retailers to come. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. The Food Means Business podcast was produced by Hudson Kitchen. It is recorded at the studio at Kearney Point and mixed and edited by Wild Home Podcasting. Our theme song is by Damien DeSandes, and I'm your host, Janaba Johnson-Jones. Follow Hudson Kitchen on Instagram, at the Hudson Kitchen, and to get food business bites right in your inbox, sign up for our newsletter at thehudsonkitchen.com forward slash newsletter. Listen, follow, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. Until next time.